leader people need to be able to think, speak, and act without self-restraint. As an academic scientist, I have had the privilege of working with prescient giants in the field, such as Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Zev Zelenko, Dr. Joseph Ladapo, and Dr. Harvey Reich. This is America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome to my Liberty Hour. I am Dr. Paul Alexander. Well, well, it's me again. Hello. You are listening to Dr. Paul Alexander, Liberty Hour on America Out Loud Radio Network. Once again, I'm spreading the truth and accurate information to Americans and all who are willing to listen. I'm, I'm working in the dungeon with people like Dr. Peter McCullough and other warriors like Dr. Harvey Reich, um, Dr. Joe Ladapo out of Florida, we fight daily to ensure that the censorship does not stop you getting information from us. And, and our, the key for us is to make sure you get information that could lead so you could make informed decisions about your personal life, that for your children. Because remember, this struggle is about keeping your liberties and your freedoms. Remember something. It's very important. Any government in this world does about three things. One, they try to accrue power. By any means possible, they'll take it from you. Two, if they get that power, as they did with COVID, all of the emergency de declarations and powers that they took, they will maximally abuse it. They, and they will never give it back to you, ever. Three, you cannot comply your way out of it. You cannot think, well, let me just go along and behave myself and follow the rules, and the government will give us back the power they took. Never, ever. No one can show me, for the last 80 years as an example, where any government, any city government, state government, federal government, has given anybody back any power that they took. It holds it there, and it builds. So we need to take these people in the United States, across all the states, federal, state, local, every government, we need to take them into courts and we need to punish them on the ballot box. They will not relinquish the emergency powers because it gives them a lot of authority and abusive power drunk capacity. We need to take them into the courts and because there's no reason, none, absolutely none for any emergency declaration. Pandemic ended two years ago. No reason to have any emergency powers in place. And I want to remind you something that's very important. The borders of the United States must be sealed. And I am talking about sealing from no immigration, even legal immigration at this point. I think at this point, we have too many people moving around America. We need to figure out, get a good, accurate accounting. And illegal immigration... I don't even want to use the word migrants. And I think I touched on this last. I don't want anyone tuning up at any border just like that and saying, because I arrived here, you have to take me in. That's garbage, nonsense, dangerous, recklessness. Because these people coming up with diseases, dangerous behavior, many are rapists. President Trump was right. These people don't send the best from among them. The best don't leave a country. 
best is already established. They stay. They already the corrupt people in that uh, country. And there are many, many great people in that. I know. I was an immigrant originally to the United States. I came through the legal route. I got my green card under a special category because of my skills. The United States gave me a green card for persons who could benefit the United States in an area the United States lacks any expertise. That's how I got my residency for America. It was not an, I wasn't sponsored by anyone, but I fit into a very niche doctorate, um, high-performing, high-skills category. Thank goodness America has that too. But anyway, the point is, I don't want nobody turning up at the border and assuming that we will automatically take you in. You have to go through the process. You have to be processed properly, vetted, particularly in terms of risk. We need to know everything about you because once you come in, you're going to place Americans at risk. And it has happened. Remember Tashfeen Malik in the Obama administration? She came in with her husband and she killed about 10 Americans in Florida, if you remember. Remember Omar Martin, who killed the 49 in the Pulse nightclub? Remember? Uh, remember Major Nadal, who killed all of those soldiers? We need to vet these people. They have many, many good people coming in to America. And this is not about... Um, a Jewish thing versus a Christian thing versus an Islamic thing. No. I have many Muslim friends. Good people. Like many Jewish friends. Like many Christian friends. Well, I am Christian. <clears throat> but we need to get this border situation under control. And the Obama administration is doing a damn good job in destroying America. I look at the news. I listen. I can't find one thing. That the Obama, in fact, I went back to the to the Obama Biden administration. Not one step or action or policy or executive order benefited America. It's a staggering thing when you look at it like that. At least when Trump was in power and he used executive orders, so he started a policy or enacted something or brought something to be voted on or signed a bill, whatever. It benefited America. And that's the key. We are dealing with people on the left right now, Democrats, even the Republican rhinos, deep state people, special interest people who have no concern about improving America or adding to America. They want to take and destroy her. They are attacking America. In fact, I'll say this way, America is being invaded by its own government right now. The Biden administration is invading America. It might sound funny the way I say it, but that's how I look at it. So the borders must be sealed. I wanna I wanna share something that's very sad. You know that duo, Diamond and Silk? Um Diamond, which is one of the ladies in that duo, has passed away suddenly. And uh, it's very tragic. Diamond was a big MAGA supporter, big Trump supporter. And it wasn't even a matter of that. The matter is that she's very smart and articulate. And they were very entertaining, funny, serious, all at once. And when you listen to these two ladies, everything that they say advance America. 
So I want to give a shout out to her and her family as she makes her way to heaven. And we hope that the Lord will open a path for her. Smooth transition. She did a lot of good. And I just wanted to pass that your way. Um, President Trump tweeted out yesterday, last night, and I'll read it out of respect for President Trump and his words. They were, they were very touching. Really bad news for Republicans. I'll start here. President Trump. Really bad news for Republicans and, frankly, all Americans. Our beautiful diamond of diamond and silk has just passed away at her home in the state she loves so much, North Carolina. Silk was with her all the way and at her passing. There was no better team anywhere or at any time. Diamond's death was totally unexpected. Probably her big and precious heart just plain gave out. Rest in peace, our magnificent diamond. You'll be greatly missed. That was a very nice uh, eulogy, sort of President Trump um, said last night. So I was very, I was very glad to read that. Um, I even dig some dug deeper because you know, right now I'm one of those people out there with all of these sudden deaths, especially for young people. Um, try to understand their vaccine status, their COVID vaccine. I can tell you for sure, I've investigated myself. She took no vaccine. So this has nothing to do with any vaccine. Because all those young people who are dying, like, and and and, uh, and just dropping dead on the field and dying in their sleep, we have found that we could trace it back to this COVID gene injection, so-called vaccine, and the spike protein and the damage it is doing. So I wanted to tell you about Diamond and Silk, and uh, that was a very, um, uh, how should I say, depressing situation. I wanted to um, talk a little bit about censorship at the White House, because, because I was there in the Health and Human Services office. I worked with Scott Atlas. He was at Eisenhower Building. I was in Health and Human Services Building, 200 Independence. And um, now we are finding out that uh, that there was a lot of corruption um, in the Trump administration, including in the Biden administration, in terms of censoring people. And I wanted to, 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 to make sure that the record is clear. Because I where I worked, I had access to the communications division also. And it's the Secretary of Health and Human Services and the Assistant Secretary. And I can tell you that there's a very strange situation because there were a lot of people who was appointed in the Trump administration as political appointees. And um, I grew to meet a lot of them and work with them. And it, what was shocking to me is many of them didn't even support President Trump. And he didn't even know that. Um, they they were there because they were handing out lawn signs one day. Next minute, they got a political appointment. So a lot of corruption and nepotism and all of that stuff. And he got saddled with that. They were interested in his re-election so that they could keep a job and then they could transition and work it so they could get a position in K Street when his second term was ended. 
That was the only reason why they were interested. But during the pandemic, the fourth year, um, to make sure that he didn't get hurt by Fauci and their lockdown lunacy, we had a, a lot of people, because of their actions, were causing a lot of harm to the public. They were kind of playing a role with media and IT and people like Facebook and Twitter and stuff to censor. And I could remember my bosses at times instructing um, agency-wide health and human services, putting out communications, whatever, that at no time is there to be any censoring of, of anybody. And I think um, for sure, President Trump, you see, what the public doesn't understand is they, they think that well, President Trump is in the White House, he's the leader of the government. So every single decision he has to sign off on or no. That's impossible. It's like any government agency. You have millions of federal employees. Even in the White House, have over a thousand staff. He can't know everybody, he can't know everything. Impossible for one human being. So there were things going on in the Trump administration that you would think he authorized. He did not authorize. And that's the issue with a CEO of an organization. The key is they will delegate authority and they will appoint their board of directors and the board of directors will appoint lower down. But the assumption and the hope is that everybody's on the same page and everybody's aligned with the CEO. Trump had a unique problem. He was the CEO and not everybody that he appointed as well as who they appointed were aligned with him. And that was his challenge. He was almost governing the country by himself. And people were doing bad things to subvert him consistently. And um, I could tell you he had no role in any censorship. I would agree that there probably were efforts, especially working with Dorsey from Twitter and, and Zuckerberg from Facebook, but that would probably come from all lower level staffers, but they did, but they likely did it. And all of these things must be investigated, not just the Biden administration. You have to investigate the Trump administration too. And those people there, because they harm. You have to understand what the censorship did by preventing the proper science and data and education to go to the public. The public was not informed and they made poor decisions and in fact costed lives. So whenever you have decisions or actions taking place and lives were affected and ended, people need to be punished for that, investigated and punished. So it's very important that you understood that. And um, what I wanted to say then is that I had total confidence in Trump as a good human being, somebody who loved America, from everything that I know and saw, loved America, loved the flag, loved the people, the military, the police, the border, and, and just everything about America and, and wanted to defend it. His problem was he appointed, he made, he made mistakes with his appointments because, again, he was taking counsel as to who would be the optimal person in those positions, and it turned out wrong, especially the task force. As he said, he inherited that task force and a lot of responsibility and blame falls on Pence for the composition of that task force because they damaged Trump. They subverted him from the inside. And um, 
We, we have spoken about that, but we'll talk about it again in the future. Right now, I want to close out this segment by reminding you that you are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio, and it plays on iHeartRadio Network. You can listen to this media player from any web browser, anywhere in the world. And all of my shows, like today, this one, will go to podcast the following day after the broadcast is heard on Talk Radio. And you know you can hear them on Spotify, you can even hear it on Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart Podcast, and many more. And you could also find the show in the latest podcast if you go to the navigation bar at America Out Loud under the Our Shows our, or Our Schedule and look for Dr. Paul Alexander Liberty Hour. You know you can also reach me at Substack Alexander COVID News. That is A-L-E-X-A-N-D-E-R COVID News. And um, uh, I am asking you, I am asking you to please consider taking out a, um, a subscription, Alexander COVID News. It is free, but um, there's also a very modest nominal fee for a yearly subscription. Um, also, uh, I wrote this book called Presidential Takedown, where I try to give you my, my point of view as to what happened in the Trump administration and the re-election. Because my argument was that Fauci, Burks, CDC, NIH, the Deep State, WHO, they all conspired to topple President Trump, and they did because he was not reelected. They did that using the fraud, failed lockdowns, and school closures. They harmed him. They subverted him, and they must be investigated and punished. Thank you. While many things we hear are lies, we know one thing is true. Viruses exist, and people get sick. Look, there's no guaranteed way to keep from getting sick, but there is a way to reduce your chances. Cofix RX, the original povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray that you hear Dr. McCullough talking about, provides an additional invisible layer of protection from colds, flu, coronaviruses, and more. Click the banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and use promo code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Stay protected with Cofix RX. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Hello. Welcome back to the Dr. Paul Alexander Liberty Hour. Thank you again for joining. So on this segment, I want to touch on a couple of important issues again. Um, you know, right now I'm following the politics, just like yourself with Kevin McCarthy as the speaker, to see what they do next and to see if they're going to keep good and all their promises and what needs to be done. 
as we try in the next two years to uh, get accountability, particularly. Look, we don't want to spend all the time mired in investigations because we want governing to take place. But so much wrong has been done. We need accountability and we need investigations. So let's see what's going to happen with these Republicans. I want to raise a German um, a publication that went out, one of the substacks by a colleague of mine called Eugipius. That's E-U-G-Y-P-P-I-U-S. He's German. And um, he looked at the data, and I'm trying to interpret it. We put together a graph of the different areas in Germany to see what happened when the German government removed the mask mandates. So stop the masking. And um, what you really seen in the data and the graph is that the, the masks were stupid and pointless. And the reality is, I wrote about this two years, two and a half years ago, soon after we locked down in March of 2020. Maybe about a month or two, and I published at AIER and then at Brownstone. We did an extensive review of all of the mask documents, any study done anytime at any point. And um, right now I'm up to about 173 studies. They all show that these blue surgical masks and white cloth face masks, man-made kind of bandana, whatever you want to put on your face, whatever they told you to put, were garbage. They never will, They never stop you transmitting or you getting infected. They were all garbage. There's no study anywhere, anytime that shows you that these masks were very effective. And the reality about it is we actually have extensive data and science to show that the masks are harmful. And recently, I'm going to get back to this German um, this German graph of the different areas because it's very instructive. But recently, two, two randomized control trials were done looking at N95 masks, the one that the government and everyone is trying to tell you is better than the face mask, and um, that they're supposed to be superior. The N95 works optimally when it is fitted, sealed, tested against your face. Uh, so there's no escape of virus and no entrance of virus along the side. First of all, the N95 mask is very suboptimal because you're always touching it and fidgeting. And once you touch that after fit test, seal fit, you break that sealing and it's no longer optimal and functional. So it becomes simply like a blue surgical mask. What we found, though, is that um, there's no difference in infection, becoming infected, whether you have the blue mask, surgical mask, or the N95. Properly fit, seal tested, fitted. There was no difference, and it was staggering. In other words, this argument, well, now that we know that the blue mask don't work, how about we put everyone in an N95 mask? Well, first of all, nurses and doctors and stuff inside the healthcare setting go insane with these N95 masks during the day. And they're always touching it and fidgeting with it because they want to rip it off. You can't wear that for eight hours a day. So bottom line is they're not better than the blue mask and the blue mask is garbage. All the masks are garbage. Take them all off. Take them all off. No child, no child should be wearing a mask because it prevents proper uh, oxygen. It builds up carbon dioxide behind the mask. It's very deadly to brain development. When the brain detects 
the nervous system detects any changes or shifts in carbon dioxide, which builds up with these masks. It causes a lot of problems and cascade of events to destroy brain cells, etc. So they have all of these different uh, feedback pathways, carbonic acid, all of that. These masks are devastating. Do not mask your child. It's a joke. With these people who even go in the shower with a mask, people go for a run 10 miles away from anyone in the open with a mask on. It is just nonsensical. It's almost virtue signaling. And uh, they don't even know why they have a mask anymore. Anyway, this graph that I put up on my substack, remember my substack, you can find this actual study at Alexander COVID News. And I ask you again to support my substack. Um, Alexander COVID News, but the graph looked at different areas in um, Germany. And what it found is that when the mask mandates were lifted, there was no difference in all of the different lo locations, Bavaria, etc., across Germany, Hamburg. And in fact, infections went down. Hospitalizations went down without the masks and the mandates. So it just goes to show you that it is ridiculous and the masks provide no benefit. So I just wanted to touch that again with you, that we've looked at all of the science across three years, and we could find no studies that show these masks, these blue surgical masks, whatever, not today, whatever. You were walking around with the masks for three years like an idiot. We were all fools. They made fools out of us. They continue to make fools out of us. Like we're just morons putting on these masks. They don't work. Or you walk into the restaurant with a mask on. And then when you get to the table, you could take your mask off as though the virus wouldn't circulate. We know that this is spread, these sorts of respiratory pathogens spread by aerosol transmission. That means once they sit on to the air and they get out, they float and they become aerosolized for long periods of time. So to say that you could sit and take off the mask is a joke. Everything about this was a laugh. It was just, they made idiots out of us for three years and continue to. None of the masks work. I challenge anyone, anyone listening to me, share this podcast with, with a doctor or a scientist or anywhere in the world. Tell them, come and argue with me that these masks work. And bring your science too. Anyway, I wanted to... um. To mention a really good substack by uh, John Lee, that's L-E-A-K-E, -E, and he writes with Dr. Peter McCullough, um, their substack collectively. And he wrote one, a good title, and uh, the, the title was The Steady and Alarming Extension of Federal Power Against U.S. Citizens Since 2002. And the White House censors U.S. citizens Trump and Biden's. And I think this is a very shocking issue because what Leak is trying to say is that some historians have pointed to the Praetorian Guard as emblematic of how an institution can arise that becomes the true seat of executive power. Each successive executive who enters office, either through his or her birth to a royal family or through a popular election, is merely the puppet of the men who run the institution. And the reality about it is that I think 
what he's trying to say is what I said in the prior segment, which is when the government accused, remember we do everything by precedence. When the government accrues power and the executive as an example, the president, and they get power, they're not going to relinquish it. And I would argue with people, what I was seeing with President Trump was something very unique. While the prior executives tried to accrue power and take it away even from the House or from the Supreme Court, under Obama, if you followed what Obama was doing, Obama was a very ingenious individual. He was usurping power from the executive, from the, from the SCOTUS, and from the legislative branch, and accruing it in the executive while he was president. See, Democrats are a unique bunch. They go wherever the power is. So if they're in the White House, but they don't have the House or the Senate, that means they can't turn to the legislative branch for relief. If they actually have a, a kind of a majority in the SCOTUS, that's where they will want all the rulings to come. They will appeal to the Supreme Court for everything. If they didn't have a majority in the SCOTUS at that point, but they had a majority in the Congress, they will want to rule with legislative decree. And if they had no SCOTUS majority, no Congress majority, then the White House assumes and Obama did it, that he's going to rule by executive order. And it was up to the SCOTUS to stop him. It was up to the legislative branch in the House to stop him. And they didn't. That was what Obama did. Obama ruled in his final two years, because remember, he lost the House, Senate. And the, the Supreme Court was not on his side. So he was just running rough shot over everything. But the thing is, the, the the Republican House didn't sanction him and didn't stop him. It was a it was a devastating thing he did. And when Trump came into power, what I realized, even with Paul Ryan, Paul Ryan, the speaker in the first two years of Trump, will go down in history as probably one of the most catastrophic, devastating um public officials ever. He worked for two years to subvert Trump. He hated Trump. And he did everything to stall his agenda. If Paul Ryan, whilst the Republicans headed the House in the first two years of Trump's presidency, if Paul Ryan would have brought all of Trump, everything that Trump wanted to the floor for up or down vote, proper votes, and given Trump those victories, Trump would have signed so much more into law. Trump would have even built a wall. Did Ryan and they cut his legs out from under him? Uh, in the legislative branch. But the point I'm making is I was witnessing what Trump was doing and, and I made an argument to people before and they didn't understand me. And then some came back and said, we now understand what you're saying. I was saying it was almost like Trump was taking actions at the, at the POTUS level and then the Supreme Court and the courts were ruling against him. What he was actually doing was handing back power. He was actually bleeding power away from the POTUS and giving it back to the Supreme Court and giving it back to the legislative branch in the House. In other words, Trump was actually allowing himself, his presidency, to be ruled against. Because remember, he was getting a lot of losses. But I think he was filing those cases so that he could be ruled against, so that he could reestablish the power of the legislative branch in the House and the power of SCOTUS, because Obama and Biden did 
really well to usurp that power. Remember, that's how the system works. It should be an equal power, equal branches of government. But when you have a, a, a rogue president, their game is to accrue power in the executive. Anyway, and I think that's what John Leith is trying to say. So what I also wanted to touch base on today is this. Look, every single thing that the government told us about COVID, from the virus, the leak, the whatever, to lockdowns, to the gene injection vaccine was a lie, 100% lie, every single thing. Under the Trump administration, the Biden administration, all the people that work for them. Remember, you think the president knows all of these people, as I said earlier. They don't. They're supposed to align with the POTUS, but they align. As an example, Trump had like about 10 different groups working in a coup against him for different reasons, with him and against him for different reasons. But I'm trying to make the argument that there were six or seven items that really doomed and hobbled Trump's response to the pandemic. Okay? They were, one, that statement by Fauci and Burks straight out of the gate in the mid-March 2020 that we are all at equal risk of severe outcome and death if exposed. That lie hobbled the pandemic response greatly because we could never have been at equal risk. 10-year-old Johnny, at the health of his life, prime of his life, couldn't be at the same risk as 85-year-old granny with four underlying medical conditions. So that lie doomed the pandemic response. Out of the gate, it was a fraudulent lie by Fauci, Francis Collins, Burks, all of them. Second lie, that the PCR test would be used as a diagnostic test. PCR test, if you listen to Mollis, was always a process. It was a DNA amplification process. So you, amplicate, you amplify the, 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 the sample. Each sample amplifies it. And um, each cycle amplifies the sample so that you could see what you're working with. And it was for them in the lab to work and manipulate the genetic material. What these people did using the PCR test as a diagnostic test, we knew over 24 cycles or amplifications, the PCR test was garbage. It was not detecting culturable, infectious, lethal pathogen. That's what we need to know. We needed to know if you tested positive, are you infectious? So when they told you you test positive, they need to tell you what how many cycles they used to detect your positivity. Because if they told you, or you tested positive with the test, oh, and also we needed 42 cycles. Well, we know, A, that you're not infectious and is not pathological. We could send you home. You don't even need to isolate. You can go about your life. Because anything over 24 cycles meant it was non-viable, non-culturable, not even coronavirus, COVID. It was detecting virus, dust fragments. It was a lie. The lie about asymptomatic transmission never was. It was a gross lie. The lie about recurrent reinfection, pre-Omicron era, it was a lie, and they knew it. Fauci and Burks knew they were spooking Trump. The lie that there was no early treatment, that was a lie. We had treatment. We could have saved 90% of Americans who died. 900,000 Americans, 900,000 would be alive today had Fauci and Burks and, and the CDC and the NIH and Francis Collins and they allowed early treatment to be used. They killed people. 
Americans died. The blood is on the hands of Fauci. He must be invested. I want these people in a courtroom for them. Fauci killed people in COVID, like how he killed people in the HIV pandemic, epidemic, when he denied the use of Bactrim in lieu of AZT. That was a toxic, dangerous drug that killed so many gays in America. Fauci is a criminal, in my opinion. They lie about inferior natural immunity. There was a lie. There's no condition in which a vaccine can confer superior immunity than natural immunity. Fauci and they, as I said, should be in jail. I want to see them properly investigated. Look, I'm getting so worked up here. Let me end this segment by reminding you that America Out Loud Talk Radio, find us there, find my hour, and share it. I, I also support a company, a healthcare company called The Wellness Company. You could find it at twc.health and connect to trusted and biased doctors. This is how future medical care will be done. Um, you're going to have access to, to be able to schedule virtual appointments. You could find them again at twc.health, trusted medical professionals. They will be following COVID protocols, early treatment. You could, you could have access to internet pharmacy, inclusive uh, treatment packages, vaccine exemptions. Remember, check out my Substack, Alexander COVID News. Please join. Please consider joining and, and, and taking out an annual subscription. Thank you. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. People often ask me, Malcolm, how do we fight the corruption? Robert Frost has said it best, freedom lies in being bold. Well, for six incredible years, bold is America out loud. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. For 40 years, alarmists have been warning of a climate catastrophe, yet none of their dire predictions have come true. Temperatures have not soared, sea level rise has not been unusual, and extreme weather events have not increased in either frequency or intensity. In short, there is no climate emergency. For 15 years, the International Climate Science Coalition has led the call for climate realism and a Made in America climate plan a plan based on real science that responds to the real-world needs of Americans, supports economic growth, and strengthens our essential infrastructure, a plan that protects the environment and ensures that Americans can enjoy the blessings of clean air, clean land, and clean water for generations to come. It's time to put ideology and pseudoscience aside. It's time for a sensible climate plan. For more information or to donate, visit our website, icsc-climate.com Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. 
MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time. First of all, the House Republicans have set a vote on abolishing the IRS and eliminating the income tax. Thank God. But you know that's a dog and pony show vote. Because you know they might have the votes. I don't even know if they could pass it. But they might lose some Republicans. They only have like a five, what, five or eight seats majority. So they might lose some Republicans, but they might actually pull it off. But whether or not they pull it off, the Senate is Democrat. They're not going to vote to abolish the IRS so the income tax. It's like a show vote. They should have done this crap when Trump was the president and they had the House, the Senate, and the White House. And this is why I said, and if when I die, I open my eyes, wherever I am, and I end up, and I see Paul Ryan down there, I know I end up in hell. I think he's destined for hell, America. He hurt America. He hurt them. So, that's a good story, a song, good story, but I don't think they could pass that. Now we learn that McCarthy, who is the speaker, as you know, another dog and pony garbage, but he booted Schiff, Falwell, and Ilan Omar from House committees. Thank God again. These three, together with the other of the quartet, um, Ocasio, um, missing court. Not missing Cortex, Ocasio Cortez, um, um, Talib, and um, there's a fourth one that that quartet. These people are some of the most deranged people, American hating, flag hating people. These people should not be in Congress. I don't know how these people get elected, but if McCarthy, one of the most corrupted, dangerous people, in Congress, I think he should be voted out of government completely. Anyway, let's see what kind of stones the Republicans really have and see if they will investigate these people, especially Schiff, for all his shenanigans in impeaching Trump. Now we know that India now, I think today, is going to pass China as the most populated China's in trouble. And India will rule the world at some point in the sense of population size and progress. Why? Because, because when you think about it, India has done things that China has not. They have some sense of a judiciary, a legal system. I'm not talking about corruption. I just say they have, you know, they have judges. China, you can go and find a court. Thing. You know, they have a sense of um, democracy. They have elections. Again, very colony logical the way they election. But they have a efficient and efficient and Maybe it could become a model for the world. China doesn't have that. China doesn't even have elections like that. And China did so much of erosion of the land to mass build those cities. They are cutting into a lot of soil as very remember in fall. The purpose of those trees in those forests and stuff is not just for decoration and to and to produce oxygen and remove carbon dioxide. In. No. So if you don't have trees, when you have heavy rains, etc., all of that coming down as erosion 
and mudslides and all of those cities, the dumps, all those gonna get flooded out. China have damaged. That is an example of a physical disaster, environmental disaster. Soon, India actually have a more balanced published by the FDA. Now, when I say published by the FDA, it was an FDA study where the scientists they work at the FDA. And um, this study, what why I wanted to highlight it by Wang et al. is that here's a study that showed using some surveillance data that the Pfizer vaccine increases your risk of blood lung clots. That's blood clot in your lungs by as much as 50%. Um, lung clots, uh, pulmonary embolism, acute myocardial infarction, relative risk 1.42, the pulmonary em embolism, relative risk 1.54, so over 50% increased risk. But here's the key. Not one of you heard about this study. This is a seminal key study. Why? Nobody covered it. No media, no CNN, nobody told you that the Pfizer vaccine, the mRNA vaccine, and Moderna increases your risk of lung clots by 50%. I'm sure this is the first time you heard of it. Of course, you didn't hear about this before. Now, you could still hear about this in my substack, Alexander COVID News, because this is one of the studies that I uh, that I um, wrote about because I thought it was staggering. I want to now try and change the temperature a little bit and talk about a piece that was written, something I read published, and um, it's uh, it's written by an, an author called Haley Kniffin. And um, the name of the story basically is about the boy who was trapped. He trapped death, death, D-E-A-T-H. He trapped death in a nut. And I think the way it was written, the language was so, is easy read. But it was very interesting to read it. And what I think the message, and I, what I want to do is I'll read a little bit of the story and tell you what basically they're trying to say. So again, the author is Haley Kneffin. That's H-A-L-E-Y. And surname is K-Y-N-E-F-I-N. And I thought it was really nice scholarship. And um, the name of the story was The Boy Who Trapped Death in a Nut. So it goes like this. There's a Scottish folktale that provides an apt metaphor for the ethical, philosophical problems of the COVID era. So they wrote this story to extrapolate to what we dealt with in COVID. And what they're trying to say is that um, as the story goes, a boy named Jack, his name was Jack, he lived by the sea with his mother and he loved to go walking on the beach. And one morning he was walking on the beach and he, he approached, he was approached by death. Death walked up to him and said, I am death. And um, death told him, I I'm looking for your mother because it's time for her to go. And um, he asked Jack for directions to where he could, death could find his mother. So of course, Jack was horrified. He was scared about losing his mother. And um, he wanted to go and warn her. So, uh, as a good son, he leaps on top of death and tackles him 
He tries to beat him up. And what he does is he folds up death onto himself until he became small enough to fit in his hand. And then he stuffed death in a hazelnut shell that he had in his pocket. And now he puts death in his pocket. Death is in this shell in his pocket and he went home to have his breakfast with his mother. When he arrived home, it dawns on him how easily he could have lost his mother and the sense of urgency to treasure every moment with her. So overtaken by emotions, Jack, he showed his mother a lot of affection and he made her a nice breakfast with some eggs. And just one problem, the eggs won't crack. So Jack uses all his strength to bang away at one egg after another, but none of them will break open. Eventually, his mother suggests to fry some carrots. Again, he tries to cut the carrots to fry them. They won't cut. Then she said, well, let's go to the butcher and buy some sausage. We need that. And the butcher tried to cut the sausage now, normally with a big knife, and couldn't cut. And something strange Jack realizes is happening in life around him. As if nothing will, nothing will break or cut or die. And it's then that he realized that what he did, that he had a, he had a prominent role in what's happening in, in the world now. Because by putting death inside that nut in his pocket, he captured death and hid death away. And he stopped the process of life then itself. So he himself, by hiding death in this nut in his pocket, brought society to a standstill. So he rushed home to tell his mother. And she was touched by his love for her that he would try to stave off death and keep her alive. And she said to him, quote, that was very brave what you did, but it was wrong. Death is painful, Jack. I know that. But the world needs death. Death is what keeps the world alive. I wish my time hadn't come so soon. But if it's my time, it's my time. You have to let it be. Close quote. So the two wept together, understanding that Jack must release death from this nut in his pocket for life to continue in the world. So for natural order to take place and he must accept the fate, which is that his mother will die because death is there for her. So what, what is the moral of the story? What are you trying to say? Well, is that when you first hear this tale, it presents to us the drama and the philosophical challenges we had with COVID, that there were two moral perspectives that we were faced with societally. On the one hand, we had these Taliban COVID lockdown lunatics. You know, our governments, our healthcare our health officials like Fauci and Burks and Francis Collins and Howard New in Canada and Theresa Tam, the debt and, and must be vanquished at all costs, that the highest value is survival and safety, pristine, pristine environment, no debt, no, no, no pain, no nothing for ourselves and for everyone else. And that the natural order of life is cruel and unjust and should be controlled and sanitized. On the other hand, they have the perspective that persons like myself have taken, Dr. McCullough, etc. And I imagine lots of you here that, that 
we have overemphasized fighting debt and the natural order of things. Because these things are inevitable parts of life and ultimately ends up sacrificing the very things we live for, which is our freedoms, our liberty to have a free life, to make decisions. And in a free society, we accept risk, we take chances, etc. And we don't advocate for a cold indifference to fate, etc. We merely believe that the fight against death should not become an all-inclusive holy jihad like a holy war. No. Look, few of us want to die and most of us fear death to some extent. It's not a pleasant thing. I know that. And it could be cruel too. But people like Jack, even in the beginning of the story, we were rooting for him and we were happy. We thought he was doing a good thing. He was trying to keep his mother alive. Approached by death, he refused to give in and he tried to subvert the typical way things would unfold. Death came for his mom and he didn't want her to leave. But <clears throat> even death was taken off guard by his pushback, which is why death succumbed so easily to Jack. Because Jack is feisty and on top of that, his case has moral appeal to us. What could be more honorable than the impulse to protect one's mother? So, we argue that this is an ethically complex story and it illustrates beautifully the, hero the heroic ideal of trying to protect one loves one. This is what motivated many people, quote unquote, to do their part during the pandemic in various ways they thought would help. You know, everyone wanted to, well, let me put on a mask, let me get vaccinated, let me comply, let me, let me not bury my dead, etc. Let me do all of the testing, let me stand up from everyone six feet. But I argue, I argue that, um, that we did that for selfish reasons because we really didn't understand the suboptimal behavior we were engaging in. But then we were following rules. People were ordering us under the threat of law. Our governments would imprison us for not wearing the mask, etc. Many people had selfish, cowardly motivations, but others like Jack truly believed they were doing the right thing. And I think... In a sense, what we're trying to say is life is a messy, risky, and at times a little adventure. This is the bottom line of the story. This is what we take from it. It is not, it's, it's, we're trying to do the compassionate thing to lower your risk to some extent, but a complete elimination of all risk is impossible and creates a lifeless world. And the people of Jack's tongue are willing to accept some level of pain. Like a lot of us, we were willing to accept risk. We didn't want this pristine kind of crazy life where lockdown lunacy to stop all infection, etc. We knew that the vulnerable, high-risk elderly were the ones who were vulnerable. And we will protect them to the best we can and let the rest of society move forward. And that's the bottom line. That's what I was trying to say. Let's celebrate the moments and the people we have while we have them, so that when fate, like death, death approaches, we have no regrets. Let's try stop. Let's stop trying to pause time and stop death in a nut. Let's live life to the fullest. Let's reject that zero COVID lockdown lunacy. Let's protect our vulnerable and let the rest of society live free lives. What was done to us was crazy, 
insane, illogical, had no scientific basis, and many people died because of the lockdowns and the school closures. Many people killed themselves because of the lockdowns. Many children committed suicide, hung themselves. Look, let me end by reminding you, you're on America Outlaw Talk Radio, plays on iHeart Network. Listen anywhere, media players. You can find out more about my show and get all the latest podcasts on America Out Loud under our shows, our schedule. Remember my Substack and remember my website, drpaulalexander.com. Support me on Zell, uh, sr7283 at gmail.com. Thank you.